Yo, this is Nova Trifecta. I am Jimmy Fedor, aka Alias. Magnegro, what's good? Yo, what's up, Nova Trifecta? This is Big Boy Troy, aka Kendall. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, fellas? What's good in the hood? Huh? Chilling, man. Chilling, man. Just watching all this. Uh, <clears throat> it's a lot of content coming out, man. A lot it's, of content. Uh, a lot of content coming out. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, which we're going to touch on today. We got uh, Malcolm and Marie, which I watched last night, and it's phenomenal. I loved it. Um, I like arguing with girls, though, so I get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all this Marvel content and Star Wars content is coming. It's, it's good, man. Yeah, it's good. So- you're going to be seeing us a lot more, uh, doing more pods, more recaps. Shot on like calling them uh, reviews. Yes, discussion. discussions and recaps. So yes. we're going to be doing a whole lot more of those bad boys. Yes. Um, yes. Um, but let's get into it. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Directed uh, by Shaka King. Shaka King. What a dope name. Dope. What a dope name. And so uh, let's get into some of the cast <clears throat> that, that's in this movie. Okay, we got uh Daniel Kalua who's playing Fred Hampton, the one and only. We got Lakeith Stanfield who's playing William O'Neill, Dominique Fishback, that's Deborah Johnson. Um, we got um, well, the rest of the cast is kind of. I tell you who I tell you who I didn't recognize is Martin Sheen. I don't know why I didn't. But I didn't. Well, I do because you know they had the face all, you know. Well, I, completely different way, and I, I recognized the voice, but I, I could not place who he was until I looked up the cast. Yeah, because it was bothering me too. Because I'm like, who is that? I had to pause the movie uh, to look up, you know, who you know who he is. Yeah, uh, who or who he was rather. Yeah, but we got the main characters. You well, know. I do want to give because Je- Jesse Plemons is in a lot of stuff too. Jesse Plemons, too. So I want to give him more Hopkins. Yeah, and Ashton Sanders, he up and coming. You starting to see him in a whole lot of stuff. So I. But he done played him. in some good stuff. He was in Moonlight. Um, yeah, he was in the he Equalizer was in, uh, two. The Equalizer two. So he got he, Algie he, Smith. I'm not. I'm not sure. You know what other content pieces he's played in, but. Uh, yeah, he did a real good job in this movie. He did. He did. Dominique Thorne, who played um, uh, Judy Harmon, and I thought she was phenomenal in the movie. She was about it, about it, about it, about it. Well, let's get into let's get into it. So uh, and and the surprise guest, uh, Laurel. Laurel killed it. He did. He did. He done a real good job with the the little bit that he had. I, he done a real good job, almost recognizable to a yeah. degree. Yeah, for facts. facts. Yeah, yeah. All right. The movie opens up. You know, uh, it's the late 1960s. Um, we see uh, Lakeith Stanfield character uh, William uh, O'Neill. Uh, he goes, and it was a brilliant little scheme that he had going on. Uh, he, dangerous, dangerous, but, yeah. but brilliant. He's posing as an FBI agent. Um, and he tells him, you know, hey, I need the keys. You stole the car, even though it's not a stolen car. <laughs> and he yeah. shows him a fake badge, da 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 da. And uh, the guys quickly recognize when the hat fall off that he ain't an FBI agent. He runs, uh, gets away, but he doesn't get away. He ends up getting uh, pulled over by the police. 
and uh, this is where he runs into, you know, a special agent Roy Mitchell, played by Jesse Plemons. And, yep. um, you know, he's, he's telling them, hey, you want to go to jail or you want to, I need you to infiltrate, you know, the Black Panther Party. So what you think about this little interaction that they had, the way the movie opened up? Uh, well, that, that, that gets us set off on the uh, turn of events that we got going for the movie here. And uh, it started off, you know, fairly quick, uh, quicker than I thought it was going to get right into it. And, uh, you know, next thing we knew after he had the, the chat with um, Roy Mitchell, um, he was already in the Black Panthers. Uh, organization. So, and his job was to get close to Fred Hampton um, so we can get all the information on him we need to get so they can assassinate him, take him out because they didn't need a, they didn't want a black messiah being, you know, coming from the ashes. They'd already taken out, you know, people had already taken out Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and, you know, so, so Fred Hampton was going to be that next you know, political figure that was galvanizing, you know, all oppressed people, not just blacks, um, all oppressed people. And they didn't want that. They didn't want that. Yeah. And, um, it, yeah. It, you know, it opened up, you know, with him, you know, teaching class and teaching some of the ideal ideologies, you know, of the Black Panther Party. Kendall, what you thought about the beginning of the movie when, it's, when it opened up with Fred teaching uh, everything and old, old boy uh, infiltrating the Black Panther Party? Uh, man, um, I, I thought I, I thought it was a good movie first and foremost, but um, I think it was eye opening for people that did not like myself. Like I've not really done a whole lot of research and didn't know a whole lot about the I guess I guess the ideology or the uh, like what what the Black Panther kind of Black Panther Party stood for, like what they were teaching or what they were doing. So um, it helped me to understand a little bit. Uh, I I thought it was good. Um, I. You know, I, I, I like I like the scene. I thought, you know, he was, you know, teaching and stuff like that. Um, I, I just I, I was I was just impressed with the whole movie. I I even looked it up like uh, I even Googled it to see how close that was to, to really how it how it all like went down and like what he was teaching. Was that really the stuff that they taught and stuff like that? And it was uh, a lot of it was pretty it was pretty spot on. Like the uh, what what little clips you saw was that was really the you know what what they did they they taught you know young men and women uh a, a, a different way about about things and kind of gave them a an idea of that you know that wasn't i guess whitewashed so to speak yeah and fred hampton fred hampton could um he I mean, had a way with words, man. He had a way with words, and he didn't think he was a poet, but he was. One of the best lines I thought in that movie words. was that um, that girl, when he done his first speech, when she came up, uh, she came up to him and said that uh, you're just so you know you are a poet. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I thought that was a really good line because of how persuasive and how powerful his words were. Yeah, I thought that was. I thought that was a good. That was a good line, you know? and it was a and he was a freestyle poet. You know, he didn't yeah. prepare those things he said. He just got up there and spoke from his heart, and he said what he thought the people needed to hear. You know, uh, what he thought needed to be said to galvanize people and uh, bring people together to join the cause that they had. And he was brilliant at it. He was absolutely brilliant, and I I respected so much the calmness that he approached every situation with. Um, that's why later on in the movie, you'll see a scene where he got emotional 
And I almost was shocked to a degree that he was getting emotional because he was just so calm with everything. I don't care if he was walking in a room full of gangsters, if he was walking in a room full of, you know, perceived racist. Um, when he walked in, he had the same level of calmness and, all he was, and confidence. And all he was out to do was galvanize people. All he was out to do was to bring people, you know, in with them. Imagine what we could do. We could heal this entire city. If we put your resources together, if we put the political views and the political prowess of the Black Panthers, if we can combine that, man, we could do some wonders in this community. And it's the truth. Yeah. It's the yeah, truth. It was so powerful, man. His, his words and the way he done stuff was so powerful. Like, I was amazed that it didn't matter what it didn't matter what party or what group of people he was speaking to, whether they were flying rebel flags or where's a room full of, uh, you know, black guys with AKs everywhere. He had the same level of confidence, swagger, and spoke the same way in front of those people as he did the other people. I, I just, I was blown away. Like I could not imagine having that much, like having that much confidence to, 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 me, I stand for this right here, and I know that group of people, they don't like what I stand for, but yet I'm going to walk in there and persuade those people to come yeah. with me. I, I just, I mean, that's that's crazy. And I mean, and I mean Daniel Kaluuya's performance was just, I mean, halfway, halfway through the movie, I called uh, oh, Jimmy Fedora here. Uh, I <laughs> called him, and I was, you know, questioning whether or not it was one of the greatest performances that I'd ever seen. You know, not just I, I think they should just, you know, go ahead and give him the Academy Award for this year already. But I'm I'm questioning is it one of the best performances I've ever seen in a movie because I was blown away at his performance. And me, me too, me too, me too. I mean, just the way he changed his voice with him be with him being a Brit, I mean, it, it was amazing. But yeah, let's get back to the movie, you know. What he was doing, he was forming alliances, you know, with gang members and uh different types of groups. Um, you know, militia groups. I forgot what was the name of the group that he went in there with the uh, rebel flag. Um, I can't. Ah, what about what about mm -hmm. the uh, group where he went in there and they all they had all the guns. Uh, the crowns. The crowns. The crowns. I was love it the stones. Was it the stones that uh that had the rebel flag? Because they talked about the crowns and the stones. Okay, it could have been the stones then. Okay, yeah. Well, he that scene that he went in there with the crowns, just his composure. Yeah. You know, uh, when the dude just from, just from from the very beginning of that scene, when they you know looked up, uh, looked through the peephole to see who it was, and he turned around and said, "Fred Hampton from the Black Panther Party." Like he was just the calmness and the swagger and the confidence was off the charts. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that, but and see, like I said, it's a lot of stuff that I didn't know about Fred Hampton. You know. I've always heard about the Rainbow Coalition, but I didn't know exactly what it was. Yeah. And, it, and, and, you know, when you think Black Panther Party, you think, you know, hey, they don't like white people at all. You know, and this Illinois chapter that uh, Fred Hampton, Chapman Fred was, there was a there was a multiracial, you know, coalition. It was oh, oppressed yeah. people. Yeah. It was white people. It yeah. was people of color. Yeah. It was mixing. So it was different type of people that he was trying to string together because they mm -hmm. was tired of police brutality. Funny yep. that the same uh -oh. thing is going on now. So that's be, why that message is still, you know, relevant. Yeah. To be completely honest with both of you, like un before 
before Juicy told me about the movie and I started looking up everything about it, I thought the same thing about the Black Panther Party. I thought, I really did think the Black Panther Party was kind of the black man's KKK, to be honest. Just to be mm-hmm. honest with our viewers, to be honest with everybody. I guess it shows you how little I did know about them. That, but that, you know that what? You that's the little. picture. And that's the picture that that's they the tried picture to paint. And, you know, mm-hmm. you see, yeah. you heard what uh, the director, you know, uh, I forgot what his name was. But what he was saying was. Shaka hey, King. Yeah. Not Shaka mm-hmm. King. Not the director. I'm talking about the guy that. Uh, the guy that oh, was okay. helping. Uh, uh, okay. O'Neal. Yeah. You talking about uh, J. Edgar Hoover? Not J. Yeah. Edgar Hoover. No. Jesse no, Plemons the- character. Roy Mitchell. Roy Mitchell, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. You, Roy Mitchell kept he saying, they were "Hey, one the same." Yeah, Roy Mitchell kept saying, "Hey, the KKK and the Black Panther Party is all the same the thing." Same. Yeah, and I thought it was. I, I I liked the way that he was trying to, you know, he was trying to feel William O'Neill out to see just how much he cares about, you know, the uh, plight of Black America and. Um, you know, trying to galvanize black people. And like when he first met him, he asked him, were you upset at the Martin Luther King assassination? Were you upset with the Malcolm X assassination? You know, and he he kept on trying to fill him out just to see how much he really cares. And I tell you, Daniel Kaluuya said something uh, on the Breakfast Club that, you know, it is still true to this day is that it shows you the power of not caring. That's this is the reason why you need to care. Yeah. Um, what's going on? But so you won't do things like this because if you don't care, this is the things that could happen. Exactly. Exactly. And I so, mean, I I I think Mr. O'Neill was you know conflicted throughout the movie, but then he kept on you know after after um, after Fred Hampton was assassinated, he he kept on. So I mean, I, I don't so, know. And so, like, um, you know, as the movie go goes along, you know, uh, the government's starting to see this man, you know, getting getting the people together. And of course, with the information from O'Neill, they're able to put Fred in jail for some bullshit. If I'm not mistaken, seventy dollars worth of ice cream. Yeah, and if, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, it was two to five that he was supposed mm-hmm. to serve. Yeah, which yeah. is which is nuts if yeah. you think think about it. And so just the uh, perseverance, you know, that that the strength that he showed while he was in jail and the strength of the Black Panther Party to continue, because as treacherous as O'Neill was, he began to rise in the ranks of the Black Panther Party. and He was giving off the facade that he cared, but it showed you how scared he really was, just like the scene where uh, they had they had uh, George Sams. That's his name. George Sams. And he talked about how he killed that uh, rat in the bottom yeah. of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And then O'Neill was trying to act like, yeah, he was nervous. Mm-hmm. I'd have killed him. I'd have beat him too. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, yeah. Really was, <laughs> he really was nervous that that was going to happen to him. So he was driven by fear the whole movie. Of course, Ju- he was Judas in the movie. So, um, ah, that's a scumbag. That's a scumbag, right there, man. Yeah, man. It um, uh, but but to be honest with you, he had questionable character from the very beginning, and he had it until he passed away. He uh, he's not somebody who you know you didn't know what was going on. You knew what was going on. You saw him at the beginning of the movie. He was stealing people's cars, lying, stealing people's cars. So, you know, he just was a guy with no character from the very beginning. Yeah, and and and, and they 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 had to Roy Mitchell. 
uh, done his due diligence in finding out just how low of, of character that, you know, William O'Neill had. And once he figured out that he, he had low character, he was like, okay, we can get this guy to uh, do anything we need him to do. Yeah, and, and I like this movie a lot because it's it's not a movie. It's not like one of those slave movies that's or those timepieces rather where it's about despair and, you know, it just gives you such a, a, a hopeless feeling after you watch some of those timepieces. This is about, you know, strength, you know, um, immobilization. And it's just showing the power of black people, what we can do. Or power people, not just black people. The power, yeah, people. power of people, man. Uh, when we we, we can work together. together, you know, it, it it wasn't just black people getting ran over on ran over in the movie. They were shooting back in this one. Yeah. <laughs> so the yeah. scene, you know, where they, you know, where they tried to burn um, the headquarters down, the shootout between some of the Black Panther Party and uh, you know some of the police. It shows you how big of a coward O'Neill was because. He went out the back door, took off his hat, and didn't want to be the rat no more. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Let me ask you guys something. Do you think uh do you think the same result? I'm not saying I'm not saying that they would get shot. Do you think that if a um if a black guy today was would try to do what um Martin Luther King, what Malcolm X, what uh, what Fred Hampton, do you think it would be the same result. They find a way to put him in prison or kill him. One, if he tried to start joining groups of people and over well, their today, eyes. today, today is, um, you know, I think that um, they find another way to do it. Like they killed Kaepernick's image, you know, and kicked him out of the league, and you know, took his job away from him. And cancel. Yeah. It's a cancel culture. Yeah. They just cancel. Yeah. Yeah, they'll just they they'll take just you off of social media, you know. And, and so I, I, I think it's like, a I think it's a, a different version of uh, things to take down uh anybody who shows oppressed people any kind of leadership. just like just like Trump, you know, they, they took him off of all platforms so he couldn't keep on running his mouth and stuff like that. I yeah. think and, and how they done Kaepernick, I, I I think they would do the same thing. I I really I've thought a lot about since watching this movie, would that be the same result and i don't think they would get i don't think they would be put in prison i don't think they would be killed i think they would get canceled to the point where you couldn't find them on social media because they social media would ban them youtube would ban them you know they would just cancel them they, yeah. they would cancel them and they would paint yeah. a picture you know much like they're doing now politics is painting a picture to try to if you think about it look look how look how um Look how divided we are as a nation. Look how much racial stuff starting to come back to the forefront of everything, you know? Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah, so, um, you know, shortly after that, Fred, you know, he gets out of jail and, he, you know, he, learned, he learns that he has, he's having a, a kid, you know, um, happy, happy time for him and it's such a crazy time. And um, what I didn't know was uh, Fred was as young as he was, yeah, Fred was a twenty. These was 21, 22 year old kids, and I was talking to uh, Shad McNegro earlier about it. Why did these fellas look so old? You know, <laughs> in those times, and what 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 was your response to that, Shad? Well, I, I, I well for one, they were under a lot more stress than we are. Uh, that may be the biggest thing is that they had to grow up faster than you know. We I, look. I'm thirty four. You're thirty one. 
big boy Troy Kendall is 34 with me. You know, we still play video games and watch Marvel movies, talk comic books all day long. So it's Speak just for a, yourself. I have it, kids and a wife. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's just responsibilities. That doesn't mean you. <laughs> uh, so, but it. Uh, I don't. I don't have but, the but it's trying just, to bring communities together. Exactly. Well, it's just it's just a different atmosphere now. They uh, so stress is probably. Uh, one reason why they looked older, but they also, you know, they carried themselves a different way than we do now. Like they, the way they dress, they're in collared shirts and khaki pants and belts and dress shoes and stuff when they're 19, 20, 21 years old. Well, we don't dress like that at 19 now, mm-hmm. you know, and then they got the long sideburns, the thick mustache and, the, yeah. you know, the, the afros and everything like that. So they look 45 when they were 21. You know, and uh, yeah. we get in our 30s and we still look like we're in our late teens now. So it's yeah. it's it's just uh it's just a different atmosphere in uh in everything when it comes to that. That's true. But it is shocking that Fred Hampton was that young and he'd already, you know, been given that high of a rank in the Black Panther Party. You know, that that just shows you what kind of character he had. And uh, what kind of voice he was and the impact that he had in his short 21 years that he was able to, you know, already be chairman. And, and um, yeah, another thing I, what I wanted to talk about after Jimmy and um, Jimmy and Jake Winters murders, that speech that he gave. Oh, that goodness. I am a revolutionary speech. Could you That's and that might that, that might have been a speech that won him the Oscar. <laughs> so I want you to kind of talk about that scene, how it made you feel, the performance of that scene. Uh, just go ahead and, you know, take that away. Well, that's the scene that that made me call you and say, you know, I'm watching something special. You know, you 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 watch movies and, you know, um, you see good performances all the time and stuff, but sometimes you watch them and it's like, I'm watching something that I hadn't seen before. And that's how I felt when I was watching that. I felt powerful. I felt inspired to do something, to create some kind of change. And I I did. I just felt like it was a unique performance. Um, I felt like I was watching a real speaker. Yeah. Like not somebody acting as a speaker. I felt like I was watching a real speaker. And and he was. He he had he had people of all walks of life in there and you saw the crowns in there and you, you know, you saw the white guys that, um, you know, were uh, flying the Confederate flag earlier in there. Everybody was welcoming him back and he just had a way with words, man. He was a passionate guy, passionate guy. And he had a way with words. Yeah, I agree. That speech was phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I think that's pretty. You can kill a freedom fighter, but you can't kill freedom. <laughs> you can kill a revolutionary, but you can't kill a revolution. Yeah. He was, he was just, he, I mean, and again, the performance by Daniel Kalu can't say enough about it. It just was phenomenal. He, he, he was eating. He was eating. And so um, what happens is they ended up, um, they ended up finding a way to send Fred back to jail. And uh, Hoover calls in and he's like, Hey, jail is what made um, Huey Newton a celebrity. Yeah, you know, um, we don't. He didn't want to make him. He didn't want to turn him into a martyr. Exactly. We don't want to make him bigger. We don't want to t- turn him to a bigger symbol. So we need to take him out. And and so what happens is uh, they get William O'Neill 
And that scene, I, that's the scene that I wanted to talk to you about. The scene between William O'Neill and the FBI director when he had to tell him because the whole movie he can't he he was coming off like he cared about William O'Neill to a certain degree. You get what I'm saying? He was giving him that facade of of feeding them, taking them out, extracting information. And that was a point in the film where he had to be real cold to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. To tell him, hey, you either gonna do this or they're gonna find out you a fucking rat. Yeah. That yeah. scene right there between Stan that was a, and Pl- that was a cold blooded scene. That was a cold blooded scene between that was cold him and Jesse blooded. Plemons. And so uh when he showed him, you know, hey, this the sedative that this the sedative, this the drug that you're gonna have to give Fred so we can take him out. And he didn't want to do it, but I mean he had kind of had to. And so uh no, nah, that wasn't he wasn't giving Fred a drug. No, no, yes, he was. Oh, William O'Neill gave him that sedative. What? Oh, I thought William, William O'Neill wanted him to draw up a blueprint of Fred's house. O'Neill, William O'Neill. I mean, that's what Roy Mitchell wanted wanted um William O'Neill to draw up a blueprint of Fred's house. And so you don't know what so the vow that Lorel's character gave him was drugs. I know that, but I thought he was wanting him to um use that on Roy Mitchell. He the was, FBI he, director. Nah. I thought he was wanting him to poison. He wasn't wanting him to poison Fred. Yeah, that was for Fred. Was it? Yeah. He gave Fred the drugs. You know, when he came in there, he was like, uh, you need something to drink? Because I'm thirsty too. Show did. I don't know what I'm talking about. So that's why. Yeah, he, that's yeah. why. I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. So he gave, he had to give Fred the drugs. He drugged Fred. And so that's yeah. why, you know, uh, we, we might as well get the, that faithful night. Um, he did draw him a blueprint to get to the house and the police mm. came and it was a yeah. big shootout that I think they fired off with 90 plus shots in the Black Panther Party only. 99. It said they, they fired the uh, police shot off 99 shots and the Black Panther shot back once. Shot back once and they and, and they I, got and they got, you know, charged with all kind of, you know, yeah. things. And so that's why Chairman Fred wouldn't wake up when they were shaking yeah. him and stuff like that is because yeah. you know, William O'Neill drugged him. Yeah, I was tripping. And so that's the most cutthroat, dirty. It's Judas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a perfect, yep. you know, like that goes to the seat, you know, the title of the movie, Judas and the Black Messiah. He was, you know, the ultimate, you know, Judas. And yep. so that's that's how Fred, you know, kind of went out, which was so unfortunate because could you imagine what he could have done had he been alive? Well, they knew it. That's why they wanted to take him out. Yeah, that's why they wanted to they take him out. They knew it. They and, knew what kind of leader he was. And, um, you know, 25 days after that, you know, uh, he had Fred Hampton Jr., which is yep. crazy. You yep. know, uh, they killed that man. And, whew, I mean, that's just. It was cold-blooded, too. It, it was, was a cold-blooded murder. Cold-blooded murder. But it just, you know. <sighs> It was that scene was kind of that scene was the toughest to watch out of the movie. Oh, it was hard to watch. It was hard to watch, especially because I was scared. I didn't know what they were gonna do to Deborah. Yeah, that's what that's what was you know real scared. I knew what was gonna happen to Fred, unfortunately, but I didn't know what was gonna happen to Deborah. And he put that gun on her stomach. Yes, yeah. you know it, it was, whew, that that was that was tough. That yeah. was tough to watch. All right, well, we are going to wrap it up. Uh, I will say 
that movie was incredible. Daniel Kaluuya should get an Oscar nomination. Lakeith Stanfield should get a supporting uh, nomination. It should be nominated for best film. And that's how I feel about the uh, I feel about it. What about you? Um, absolutely think Daniel Kaluuya should get um, the Oscar for um, best actor. Um, I don't know about supporting actor. We'll see. We'll see yeah. about. Um, but I definitely think that he should be a shoe-in for the Academy Award for Best Actor after that performance. I mean, I'm questioning whether or not it's like one of the best performances I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. Period. Well, I, to be honest with you, I'm not questioning it. It, it, yeah. it is. That's one of the best performances I've ever seen. That was incredible. It's an extremely compelling performance. And uh, I know it's got to take those guys a while to get out of that zone. Yeah. You know, once they once they take themselves and put themselves in somebody else's shoes and become someone else, uh, I know it's got to take them a long time to get out of that. Well, that's and what Danny Kaluuya said. Danny Kaluuya said in the interview that he he before prior to the pandemic, um, that was the first time that he sat down in like five years. And he yeah. was like uh, he still had some of those characters with him. Yeah. Even the character from Get Out. So he said he yeah. kind of had to sit down, detox from that and mm -hmm. kind of move on from that. And so, so, you know, Michael B. Jordan said the same thing about, you know, Killmonger, you know, because he spent a lot of time by himself and yeah. he had to he had to make himself feel isolated and kind of angry at the world. And it, it, it's got to take those guys a long time to come out of that, man. That, so that's as though, you know, you can watch something. And, you know, I've always said this stuff that, you know, you can watch things on TV and it can put you in a weird mood. Yeah. You know, that's why I don't watch horror movies and stuff like that, because it, it, it put me in a weird vibe yeah. like that. So you can watch and it'll take you a while to get out of it. Yeah. It does for me anyway. So I could only imagine like, you know, being a method actor like that and mm -hmm. getting yourself all wrapped in somebody else's life and you got to live like them you got to eat like them you got to walk like them you got to think like them in order to play the role the best that you can play it so exactly exactly well we highly recommend it uh before i get out of here i want to give it a rating hey before we do make sure y'all like comment subscribe all that good stuff to nova trifecta um you can go and follow us on facebook um but yeah, let's give out some ratings. So, Shad, if you had to rate this movie ten, okay, and there we have it, people. We have a ten on the board, which constitutes it as a classic. Yeah. So this is a classic film, in your opinion? Yeah, it's an instant classic to me. I, I was blown away while I was watching it, and I've watched it three times since. I have to second that. It gave me, I I have a funny feeling about classics halfway through the movie. When I when I'm halfway through the movie and I can go, this is a classic. Then yeah. you know it's a classic, and they stuck the land in everything. So it's a ten for me too. It kind of gave me that feeling that I was watching when I was watching Bohemian Rhapsody, like halfway through. Hey, this is a fucking classic. So this is a ten as well. I love timepieces. I love real events, actual events, and I love that we can um, put Fred in a light and give light to the Black Panther Party that it should have rather than the stigma of it being uh, a hate group when it yeah. acted that it wasn't. They just yeah. was it wasn't a hate group. Tired of oppression no. from police. So Yeah. And we knew that. We knew that the Black Panther Party wasn't a hate group. But um now I will say 
what they done to that guy that <laughs> what they done to that rat was was cold blooded. <laughs> oh, they didn't play. Nah, they didn't play. That that was cold blooded. Yeah. But but uh they they weren't um Black Panthers were not um hate group like that. Um no comparison to yeah. the uh to the KKK. Yeah. So again, like, comment, subscribe to Nova Trifecta. You know what I mean? I am Jimmy Fedor. This is Mac Negro. Uh, and we are out, baby. Peace.